This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too. And so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. Could you tell us about a few very um, basic moves that you teach in your self-defense to for beginners? Sure. Um, in the last episode, I talked about a kick. So we'll start with that one because it's an easy one. Um, and you can practice it at home easily enough. Make it really simple on yourself and fill your arms with a pillow or groceries or books or whatever it is. Walk open to a door. And if you're like still living with your parents, please don't destroy your parents' house. Um, walk open, walk up to a door and push it open with your foot. That's it. That's all you have to do. That is a very powerful kick. So it's simply you take a step, lift up the knee. So you, let's pretend that we're starting, we're going to take a step with the left foot, right? So take a step with the left, lift up the knee of the right, and push out with the whole flat of your foot with your right leg. So step, knee, push out. And That's why it. the object? Is that to prepare someone for having um, less movement of their arms or? No, it's, it serves two functions here. One is because it's a familiar position for people. We've all carried a bunch of stuff in our arms and had to do this. So it's putting your body back in that very familiar position. But two, it also forces your arms to come up more specifically your hands to come up near your face. You want to have your hands near your face, not only to protect your face, but because it also improves balance. Mm. So that's why. All right. Do you have a, do you have a name for that move? Open the door. The open the door kick. Yeah. Um, another one that you can try that is a favorite, um, of mine at least is we call it the shut up move. So, we, if you have siblings or friends or cousins or whatever, um, at some point in your life, you've probably kind of like swung the back of your hand and kind of whacked them on the shoulder, you know, like, shut up. That was a stupid thing to say, right? That exact same move is also a very powerful strike. The only thing to change about it, you want to keep your arm just as relaxed. You can make the move much bigger by turning your torso away and then swinging back. Again, as I say, keeping the arm relaxed. And at the very last second before impact, make a fist, a tight fist. What will happen is that your, um, your hand sort of flexes back on your wrist as you do this so that you wind up striking with your knuckles. Mm-hmm. But you really want to stay relaxed. It's like a knot on the end of a rope. And so this would be useful if someone is standing next to you or in or in front of you next to you if someone sort of if someone comes up behind you or sort of slides in next to you like say you're standing at a concert right we've if you've been to concerts um you've probably been at this in the situation where some creepy person starts sliding over right and maybe they're grabbing or whatever it is they're doing or maybe they just want to take your space which is also annoying at concerts because it's hard to get a good view. So what we can do is, uh, so that's when this move is great. 
you know, and if someone's coming up behind you, that's even better because even if you don't make contact, a swinging fist is enough to get people out of your range. Right. That's interesting because you mentioned before this is all about creating space for people. And so some of these moves are going to be defensive in the sense that they're, you know, you're not actually looking to strike. You're not actually looking to make an offensive move against somebody that you're actually just moving in a certain way to create space for yourself. So do you have other moves like this in either crowded spaces or on a train that, that women could use or men, um, to create space for themselves without, um, making contact without making contact. Um, a good uh, elbows are fantastic things. Um, partly because now you see them, now you don't, you know, you just have to bend your arm or straighten it. You have elbows. Now you don't have elbows, but also you can, I mean, we know about elbow jabs. If you watch basketball, you see enough of those. We don't necessarily want to elbow jab. You're asking about not making contact. But what you can do is simply just put your hands on your hips and kind of move your arms like chicken wings. Mm. You know, that people get out of the way of elbows. They don't like elbows. If you can't put your hands on your hips, let's imagine that your hands are in front of you while you're standing on a crowded train. Maybe you're... Maybe somebody's touching you and you're not sure if they're touching you to be a creep or if they're touching you by accident. That happens. So maybe you don't want to make a big scene because you're not sure, right? But you do want them to stop touching you. So if your hands are in front of you or even if they're to your side, all you need to do is just simply bring them up your body. Your arms automatically bend, right? And that automatically creates space. Mm -hmm. If you do it fast, you'll strike the people around you. If you do it not so super slow that nobody knows what's happening, but you do it a little bit slower. People will see the movement begin and adjust themselves to get out of the way of your elbows. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I had an experience in Paris, actually, we were on a really crowded street tram and this guy was basically touching my ass. I can edit that if you want, but I, it was that same situation of, is this an accident or is this, someone taking advantage of a crowded public transit situation. Um, Do you have a move for that where there's someone behind you? I guess just. So all you need to do if someone's behind you like that, um, for one thing, you can just shift your weight, take Mm -hmm. a step back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's take a step back, try and try and aim for their feet, you know, step on people's feet. That's totally okay. (laughs) You know, and it's something you can easily cover up. If that doesn't feel like something that you're able to do in the moment for, you know, you're too squeezed to do it, you can, again, just bring your elbow back. You know, the thing is, is if you're on a, if you're on public transport and you're in the situation you're talking about, you know, someone's touching your ass, you don't know for sure whether they're trying to take advantage or not, um, you can still jab back with your elbow. Maybe you'll poke them. Maybe they'll get a little hurt. So what? Right. Step back. So yeah. let's talk, maybe there's, um, are there a few more uh, contact moves that you could describe when for someone who's a beginner? Um, maybe you mentioned like the side hit with the fist mm-hmm. and a kick. Um, do you have any other basic moves that you feel like someone should learn? Yeah, um, 
hair, putting your hair behind your ears is a movie that I've talked about before. Um, there's kind of two variations of this and we call it, um, hair behind your ears or swirl your cape. So they produce the same result. It just depends on how much room you have. Again, using elbows. If you put your hair behind your ears, you use your elbow on the upswing to make contact, kind of like scraping up somebody's chest. So that's for a very close contact if they're really on top of you. Um, if you're not able to swing up, but you can swing to the side, it's like swirling your Dracula cape, mm. you know, or throwing So you're your... pulling, I'm just going to describe it. You're, you're pulling your arm over your, the front of your chest and kind of where your arm, your hand will meet your, el- your shoulder. You're, you're reaching across to your opposite shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. So just in a committed movement, if you do it in a hesitant movement, you'll get blocked by the other person's body. But if you commit to the movement, then that will create the space that you need. It, it's a strike, and it's a quite powerful strike. So it's just reach across. I like to think of it as swirling your Dracula cape because it's just more fun. Now, in these <laughs> moves, does it does it matter how short or tall you are? Because obviously that is going to uh, make an, make a difference in where you might strike the other person. So what's your response to that? It doesn't matter where you strike the other person. My response to that is you're not actually trying to strike the other person. Okay. My response is, is you are create you are committed to a movement that will create space for you so that you can stop what's happening and you can get yourself safe. Obviously, on a crowded train, you can't necessarily get yourself safe if you're in the middle of stops, but you can stop what's happening. So it's not about what you do to the other person or where you hit them. It's about committing to a movement that will create space for you. Okay. So these last two moves you described have to do with the, the basically using your arms and your elbows. And one was uh, pulling your hair behind your ear movement. So mm-hmm. it brings your elbow up right. quickly. And the other one is a reach around the chest, also using your arm where your, your hand will kind of come across bringing also your elbow to the front of your chest. Right. Okay. Right. So in the exact same move that you used to put your, like one hand, using one hand to put your hair behind your ear, the palm is facing your face, which is important because then you have full range of motion. All you do is swing your elbow up. That's it. That's the entire move. The second one, all you do is reach across to touch your opposite shoulder. Okay. Again, it, there's nothing more complicated. You already do it. Great. So we covered today a few different moves and some mm-hmm. no contact moves that are just intended to create space um, in in crowded or public situations. Did you have any other uh, moves that you want to add to this sort of basic defense list? Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of moves <laughs> that I could add. Um, an important thing to think about, I think, is to get yourself out of the way. And usually when we think of getting out of the way of a swinging fist or somebody's grab or whatever it is, we usually move our head first, right? And Because in wherever the head goes, the body follows, so that's convenient. But what really gets us out of the way is moving the pelvis first, So the pelvis is the geographical center of your body. It's the most powerful. If you can access it through training, that's where all of your power is. It's your core power. Um, But moving that off of a line of attack, basically, is what that would be called in a martial arts term. Um, Moving your pelvis out of the way, the rest of your body will also follow. 
but the parts of your body that are being grabbed at or touched are the ones that are more likely then to be out of range. We can move our head and it can take a while for the body to follow it. When we move the pelvis, the, it, because a lot of weight is centered there, the rest of the body is kind of pulled quite quickly from gravity. Mm, that's interesting. So is there a, a move that you have or is, the, is it to just generally be more focused on your your pelvis and have some awareness of that. If you think about kind of stumbling forward, right on your left foot or your right foot, right? When we stumble forward and our foot catches us, it's actually our pelvis that's moving first and not our head. If our head is moving first, we're going to fall on the floor. But when we take a little bit of a stumble and the foot catches us, that's the pelvis that's actually guiding the movement. So if you practice that, that little stumble forward that helps you start become connect start connecting to this is how I move from the pelvis. Mm. Right. It seems like too, it also just gives you more spatial awareness in general of like kind of feeling where your body is landing and moving and, and generally being aware of that being a self-defense moving it, you know, on its own. Right. I think one of the things, I mean, because I practice a martial art, I think of my body in terms of a weapon, not because I'm so deadly, but because I can see the different parts of my body that I can use to defend myself, a wrist, a finger, an elbow, a knee, whatever. What I tell people in my courses and what I think about for myself is to keep your weapons close. You know, so if you move from the center and your arms are kind of flopping all over the place, somebody can grab an arm. You know, you become separated from your center. So stay close to your center. So in that sense of body awareness, where are the different parts of my body right now? You know, what are they doing right now? That's training that we might want to do, um, you know, when we're in a calm, quiet place. But if you think of it as I want to keep my weapons close, you know, that is maybe sometimes a little bit easier to think of when we're thinking about moving from center. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. It reminds me too of like when I've seen um, self-defense courses, like there is this like positioning of like the hands in front of the body. It's not mm -hmm. like you're in this flailing, you know, person posture, like your, your, your arms are close and the, your posturing is keeping your center of gravity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of the understanding that we usually have about self-defense is that it's so focused on the effect of the other person. And I mean, but think about those words, self, you're defending the self, self-defense. It's not hurting another person. It's defending. Right. You know, and when we look for these movements, the, 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 the structure of the body is really strong. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll leave it with one last movement, which is really to keep yourself safe. If you're pushed up against a wall, you know, like in the subway or something, or, you know, we're in Germany where people like to hug all the time, and I don't always want to be hugged. And sometimes if they're very drunk, maybe they'll insist. Um, if you've ever lain on your stomach to read a book, right? You're propping yourself up on your elbows. The book is, maybe you're in bed, right? So you're propping yourself up on your elbows. The book is laying flat on the bed. This structure, it's the same structure as if you do a plank when you're exercising, is really strong. So all you have to do is take that from the floor and raise it up. 
your arms are in a triangle, right? They're bent at 90 degrees. It's really the same thing as reading a book, but except that you want your hands, your palms out away from you, not towards you, right? That structure alone is strong enough to keep people from getting close or keeping yourself from getting your face smashed against a wall. Right. That's a good one. And it's a really good visual too, because I think people will remember that. Um, okay, great. So we'll talk more about other self-defense moves in later episodes. Yep. Okay. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.